This is 105.9 The Region, where parents talk and explore practical, proactive, and evidence-based solutions. This is Where Parents Talk with Leanne Castellino. Thanks for joining us, everyone. This is Where Parents Talk. I'm your host, Leanne Castellino. Over the next 30 minutes, we hope to leave you with some food for thought as you navigate your parenting journey. On the show today, a conversation that many parents dread, delay, or avoid altogether, one that often leaves them feeling anxious or uncomfortable. Talking about sex and sex education is familiar territory, though, for our guest today. She's been a sexual health educator for more than 25 years. Her latest book is called Sex Talks with Tweens, What to Say and How to Say It. Amy Lang is also a mother of a young adult and the founder of birdsandbeesandkids.com. She joins us today from Seattle, Washington. Amy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. You've spent more than two decades primarily focused on supporting parents in having that sex talk with their child, helping them with the words, approach, and message. In what key ways has that conversation changed during that span of time, would you say, and what's been most surprising in that change for you? You know, I got my start in just general sexual health education, working with teenagers and and adults. And so what I think has changed the most is good news. Kids have more information than they ever had, have had. Bad news, a whole lot of it is frankly from porn and it's misinformation. And so we have this kind of push-pull of um, a lot of more accurate sexual health information. And then it's got this porn overlay. And so what's happening um, is that they're getting lots of information about sexualization and sexual stuff that isn't based in reality. So good news, they got more info. Like So that's one of the big things I think has changed. Much more openness about sexuality and gender and sexual orientation, so much more focus on consent. Like, I don't know if you remember, like there was no conversation about consent when we were young. And so that's also been really good. So I think ultimately things are way better for kids and teens and young adults. And then also there's this whole sidetrack that is not healthy and is influential. But, you know, I think the thing from that I have learned from my work with parents and adults is that, and we know that the more involved an adult is in a child's life when it comes to their sexuality and sexual health, the better they do. They feel better, they do better, they wait a little bit longer before they get busy. So there is definitely an improvement for sure, but it really does rely on um, parents and adults to make sure that they're getting that healthy information. Let's drill down on the parent for a little bit before we get into how they can approach the topic with their kids. What would you suggest that a parent needs to do to feel more comfortable in general talking to their child about sex? Well, one of the things that I think helps absolutely, the, well, there's like 16 things, but we'll just kind of narrow it down to a couple. Um, the first thing is to think about this, these conversations in terms of your child's health and safety. This is a health and safety issue. And think about it in terms of preparing them for this huge part of life. You know, this is one of the biggest things we do as human beings. We have relationships, we're sexual, it's part of who we are. And so if we switch our thinking from trying to get our kids to not do it to preparing them so they feel confident, so they have a better idea of, you know, healthy relationship and is this the right time for me and the right things for me to be doing and do they have a lot of information? So that's the first thing. So we're going to flip from prepar- uh, from prevention to preparation. I want my child to be prepared for this. And the 
easiest way to figure out like why am I want that to happen is just to think about yourself, right? I certainly wasn't prepared. I'm guessing you weren't prepared. I know most parents were not prepared. Um, so that's the first thing that that just mindset change. The second thing is to really focus on sexuality is a good thing. It's a cool part of being human. You know, it feels good to have sex and do sexual things. Our bodies are pretty flipping amazing. And having relationships is also, it is hard. I get that. I have one. Um, but, you know, it is, um, there's a whole lot of good stuff about sexuality. So that's the other you know, lens. It's like, hey, this is a good part of life. Sure, things can go sideways. But the more prepared you are, the better you're going to feel, the better you're going to do, right? So there's this like circular connection there. And then the last thing that I think, well, there's going to do two more. I'm like an endless, I could talk forever. Um, so the last two things are um, really kind of more personal work. So the first one would to be to think and, or, and, and, or talk with someone about where you got your information when you were growing up. Like, how did you learn about sex and sexuality and relationships? Was anybody talking to you? Did you have sex ed at school? So that's one thing. The other thing is then to think about what messages did you get about sex and sexuality? And that's on, that is one of the ways that you can kind of lean into clarifying your values and beliefs about sexuality, which is really key to having healthy conversations with your kids. And then the last thing, and then I'll be done talking about this. Um, think about your hopes. Like, what are your hopes for your kids when it comes to their first sexual experiences and relationships? What do you want for them? What do you hope they experience? What do you hope that they know? And that combo pack of things is one of the best things a person can do to really steady and ready themselves for these conversations. Now, you mentioned all the things that kids are exposed to today that you and I were not necessarily exposed to, nor our parents at young ages. We're all battling social media, the internet. There are so many competing forces. So when is the optimal time to talk to your child about sex? So this might be surprising to people. So I often say, take a deep breath. Um, so the ideal time to start these conversations about reproduction, because that's really the easiest way for our, us to jump in um, is when they're about five, when they're starting kindergarten. I know this sounds really young. And the reason is that at five, they don't know what we know. We don't know there's anything amazing about sex. They don't know there's anything terrible about sex. They're new on the planet. They're starting kindergarten. So they're going to be getting information from older kids. They're curious. They're open. Um, they won't notice your sweaty upper lip while you're reading a book with them. Your 12-year-old, oh yeah. They're going to be like, what is wrong with you? Why are you being weird? But your five-year-old, they're not going to notice that. Um, the other thing is that when you start sooner rather than later, you establish that this is a normal, like this is how we are in our family. This is a normal part of your family life. They're much more open and it is just way easier to talk to a little person. Um, and then, like I said, starting with reproduction, right? It's, you know, it's pretty damn simple, <laughs> Mm -hmm. right? The usual way a baby's made, um, talking about all the other ways babies are made, and then focusing on families and bodies and boundaries. And that establishes your relationship with your child around this in your family. And then it makes it a lot easier as they get older and the conversations get more complicated. Now, you also talked about considering what the goal of the conversation is before starting. If you're looking at it through the lens of health and safety, then that completely changes the approach going in, does it not? 
Oh yeah. It totally changed it for me because Milo was five and I had been doing, I've been a sex educator for like 15, I don't know, a long time, 16 years. And I knew what I was doing. And then I thought he was going to tell me it felt good to touch his penis. And I freaked out on the inside. And I realized that I had no idea. Like I had no idea how to talk to a little person. And then as I was doing research for myself and our family, um, I realized that I could help other parents, you know, other folks, other parents. But one of the things that made me sort of jump the line, like made me lean in fully is when I read that um, study after study shows that kids who have open communication with their parents or a trustworthy adult, they're safer from sexual abuse. And so that for me, I was like, okay, I'm all in. Like it didn't even... Like I was already a little, uh, and everything shows sooner is better. Sooner is better because of establishing that trust and communication and open lines of communication, which is key, which is really key to supporting your child around this. We are talking about discussing sex and sexual health with your child. Our guest is Amy Lang, sexual health educator, author, and mother. She works specifically with parents to support their conversations about sex with their kids. Now, Amy, how do you suggest parents go about removing any awkwardness or nervousness from broaching and talking about the subject with their kids? So doing the work that I mentioned at the top uh, is one of the things. And then the other thing is just do it. Just practice, just say the words. My new book, Sex Talks with Tweens, is all scripts. There are some tips, but it's the words. And so you're only going to get better if you if you do it. And I promise no one's going to die. No one's going to throw up. You know, you might feel uncomfortable. Your kids might feel uncomfortable. But if you just say, you know, I'm uncomfortable. No one talked to me. You need to know this stuff. Here we go. And getting books, like you don't have to be the Wikipedia of sex. You can just, you can get books or terrific books out there for kids. Read them all yourself first. So you've got a little information and then just go for it. You know, and sometimes, you know, there are all these myths. Like I know you know them like, oh, my kid's not ready because they haven't asked or, oh, school will take care of it. Or I'm all right. That was okay. My kid will be fine. And, you know, that's all not true. Um, So your kids will not know that you are willing to talk to them if you don't talk to them. Right. Saying you can ask me anything and then never saying anything. That doesn't that doesn't that doesn't tell them anything. So I would say just start small stakes. Start with something that feels small and feels doable. And then don't worry about giving them too much information. It is almost impossible for us to do that. Um, So one of your goals should be sweaty upper lip. If you have a sweaty upper lip, then you're hitting it. You're hitting it. And you know, anyway, so yeah, I mean, it's just practice makes progress, right? Just try. And the worst thing that could happen is, well, sometimes kids really freak out about it, but most of the time they don't. If they're older, if like they're in that tween, they'd be like, oh my God, gross. I don't want to talk about this. Fine. Developmentally typical. We don't care, right? You don't care. They have to know. They have to know. You alluded to your son and the journey with him in terms of your own learning as a parent. He is now 22 years old, and you also talked about natural curiosity in the example that you provided. So how can a parent work with a child's natural curiosity around sex and sexual health in order to better have that conversation? I think normalizing, just saying, hey, people have sexual feelings. Sex is a normal, healthy, natural part of life. So just laying it out there, uh, talking openly about puberty and how their body's going to change, how their feelings are going to change, how they might have crushes, 
um, you know, talking about romance and healthy relationships, you know, when you're doing that kind of all along and you're very clear that, you know, sex in and of itself is for later in life. Um, it's not for kids. You need to be ready for it. You need to be prepared. And then you're working on making sure your child has all the tools they need because we can't control them right? They're going to do it when they're going to do it. And you can have your kid do it like we did, I did and be okay. <laughs> or you can, you know, you can make sure your child is set up to feel good about their first experiences. Our conversation with Amy Lang, sexual health educator and author, will continue after a short break here on Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region. Remember, you can also check out the full video version of this conversation at whereparentstalk.com. When we come back, tailoring the talk, how talking about sex with boys should be different than with girls. Stay with us. Want to learn more about the show? Email info at whereparentstalk.com. Stick around. Leanne Castellino and Where Parents Talk will be right back on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to Where Parents Talk. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Here's Leanne Castellino. Welcome back. The birds and bees conversation in many households is compromised and perhaps even more complicated today, given the access to information many kids have through social media and the internet. So what can be done to help parents be more comfortable and confident discussing sex with their child? Our guest, Amy Lang, has been helping parents with just that for more than 20 years. She's a sexual health educator, author, and mother of one. The other competing force and factor that you alluded to, which many parents may wonder about, is let's say that they haven't had the conversation yet with their tween or teen, and that young person has been exposed to porn on the internet or elsewhere. What does that conversation look like then? as a starting point for people who haven't had it yet. Yeah, that is just super rough. It's a really hard place to start. Um, Most kids have heard the word sex, right? And most kids have some idea that it has something to do with bodies and maybe relationships or something like that. But when a child has been exposed to porn before they knew what, you know, have a healthy understanding what sex and sexuality is, Um, it's harder because you have to, you know, you have to say, Hey, you know what? I'm really sorry. You saw this. This is something that's called sex. What you saw is not real sex. It's called porn. Um, it's not okay or safe for kids to see. It can really mess with their hearts and their minds and their bodies. Really important to tell a child that they are not in trouble. They are not in trouble if they see that, because most of the time it's because we don't have, you're, you're not using monitoring and filtering and talking about openly about it. Um, so it's not on your child to be curious, right? Kids are curious. I would have been all over the internet when I was 10, all over it. Um, so that's the first thing. And then you're going to have to say, you know what, you're, this isn't what sex is. We need to start talking about this. I'm sorry. We didn't start talking about it sooner and then get books and then start the conversation. And, you know, one of the things about the porn exposure is that it will happen to every child. Nobody makes it nobody makes it to 18 without seeing it. It's usually accidental. Um, and then it can become problematic, but, um, it is definitely a fact of teenage life. They mostly boys use porn. Some girls are using it. Um, but it is just integral into their 
sense of themselves as, as a sexual person and where they're getting, getting their sexuality education. It's a bummer to put it mildly. It certainly complicates things for sure. Yeah. Let me ask you just to pick up on that point. What would you suggest is um, an approach to talk to boys specifically about sex and sexual education versus girls? You know, everybody needs the same basic information, right? We all need, they all need the same information. And then the places where it kind of diverges is around misogyny and sexual assault, sexual assault, and, you know, locker room talk and the way guys still talk about women as an objectification. And I'm using big grown up words, right? Um, but boys are st- encouraged to look at women as objects. That's what porn does. We're still, valued for how we look and how we move in the world. There's still, um, you know, there's that whole culture of she asked for it and all of that. So talking with boys really, really openly about consent, making sure they really understand that their partner, and it doesn't matter what gender their partner is, they need to say, oh, have a wholehearted yes. And um, making sure that the people, you know, if your child is straight, that they understand that they are equally responsible for birth control. Like they need to make sure their partner gets it. They need to be on board with it. They need to know what it all is. And then I, and, and then I believe that families should make condoms available regardless of your child's sex. Um, so being really clear about this awful culture around um, how women are perceived um, and, and men, how men are supposed to behave, right, around women. So, and helping them talk about their emotions and making sure they understand that, you know, healthy relationships are about connection and sharing feelings and that kind of thing. So it's complicated on that side, right? And then let's go over here to the girl side, right? All that, right? They're experiencing that. They experience it from the time they're little girls. So talking with them about um, how important it is to, you know, feel confident about who they are as a sexual person, to trust their judgment, their trust, their intuition. If somebody's feeling pushy or pressury, then they want us, they need to ask for help with that. Um, you know, one of the things that lots of kids do is they share nudes. And so talking about how um, that can be a huge problem, because even though somebody says they won't share it, they will share it. Um, people are predators in that way. Um, I think really helping girls understand that they are fully worthy. And, and, you know, we have to talk about clothing, right? And you know, there are, most of us don't want to see a 12 year old in booty shorts and a crop top. And also we're policing what she's wearing. So there are these spaces where you need to talk with, um, you know, talk with girls about, you know, people make decisions about you based on what you're wearing. The crappy people over here, they're going to make decisions about you based on what you're wearing, whether they make it consciously or unconsciously. So having conversations about that, um, Again, birth control, um, making sure that they know what periods are before they have them, um, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes. I don't understand why somebody would let a person with a uterus not know about periods before they show up, but it happens all the time still. Mm-hmm. Um, that may be one of the good things modern day, right? <laughs> That's not happening so often. Um, so really, at the end of the day, it's like lots of communication about what consent looks like. What does a healthy relationship look like? Because after you get all the nuts and bolts out of the way, yeah, you still need to revisit those. But by the time they're in those solid teenage years, it's all about relationship, right? I like this person. Do they like me? How do I look? It's all that internal stuff. So helping them to understand a that's normal and b you know how to feel be healthy within that. 
So much of what you're talking about, Amy, from a parent's perspective, has everything to do with having confidence and really courage to broach the topic, to make it age appropriate, etc. How does a parent's own relationship with sex education and how they perceive the subject matter impact how they decide to talk to their child about it? Well, the less you had, the harder it is, right? So if you grew up in a really conservative culture, it's a lot harder to be open because all the messages in in those communities about um, sexuality in general, it's very hidden, it's very negative. Um, You know, it's, uh, it's only preserved for marriage or certain circumstances. So that makes it harder. I think about it in layers, like like some folks have a really big layer to get to the top, right? They got to go through a bunch of stuff to get to the top. And it could be because of their sexual abuse history or, you know, whatever happened for them that just makes it so much harder. And some folks are lucky. They have less to go through, but it always takes some kind of courage for most people. Um, so I am a very big fan of baby homework. So just baby steps, like tiny little things you can do that will help you lean in and feel better and feel more comfortable. And some of it is sort of silly. Like I said, like, what are your hopes, right? What are your hopes? Or how did you learn? Like just having the how did you learn conversation for some people and the messages is just liberating. They get it out of them. And then with the messaging, it's like, oh, my God, I don't believe that. And that hurt me. I don't want my child to have that information. So I'm going to do the opposite. And, you know, what we know or what I believe is that every child needs at least one trustworthy adult to try to try. And, you know, I think in parenting, we think we should know what we're doing. Don't know if you noticed. (laughs) It's not really a thing. Yeah. Doesn't always right? happen. And so that yeah, mm-hmm. always happen. So it's okay to say, I don't know what I'm doing, but you need this information. I don't want you to feel like I did, right? During this time of life and or when I started, you know, these romantic relationships. You bring a really interesting lens to this topic because you're a mother yourself, you uh, educate adults. I wonder if you could paint a picture for us on you know, what what you're hearing from uh, parents uh, when you meet them and as you try to educate them on how to find the words and to have that confidence that we talked about to have the conversation about sex with their kids? What are trends that you're seeing? Well, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I have over the years that I've been doing this, I have people come to me and say, you, you made this, made this possible for me. Like I have amazing conversations with my kids. I saw you in kindergarten. You came to our elementary school, you taught at our preschool. And my child just came to me and said that they're ready to have sex. And we were able to talk about it. And I felt comfortable that this was going to be okay move for them. Um, so, you know, I think that knowledge is empowering. And so I've been able to provide information in a very down to earth and simple way. Like this is not complicated. I mean, it's really complicated, but it's also not complicated. Um, so I think that, um, just seeing, just help taking some of the pressure off in some ways and giving permission, right? We didn't have permission to talk about like our parents didn't talk with us. They didn't have the same kind of permission. So having somebody say, you can do this. It is okay to do this. Excuse me. You also probably should do this because it is you know, health and safety mm-hmm. for your child. That's our main job. Nothing else. They don't need smartphones. They need to be healthy and safe, right? They need whole wheat bread. Um, 
So I think um, just giving the permission, having the resources and just the encouragement and also taking the mystery out of it. Like we made it this huge thing and, you know, it's serious business, but it doesn't have to be a whole lot of it is hilarious. Like think of all the slang for private body parts, the kid friendly slang. It's funny, right? You know, like, like be lighthearted. Don't be, it's, if you're all serious business about it, they're going to be like, get the hell away from me, <laughs> you weirdo, right? And making it casual, that's the other thing that I, we didn't really talk about. But um, one of my colleagues says it's two, it's uh, 200, two, two minute or 2000, two minute conversations, right? Just keep it short and sweet. Keep it a little lively. Sometimes they're going to be longer, but um, it's not, uh, you know, you don't sit down on Wednesday and say, okay, it's hump day. It's dinner time. We're going to have a sex talk, right? That is no, <laughs> that's a no. <laughs> right? I mean, you can say that and be funny, right? And say, and eh, it's something, a little thing to tell you. And that's fine. But none of this, like what we're doing right now, don't do that to your child because they will run for the hills. <laughs> so can you give us an example, Amy, of perhaps the most common mistake that parents make around this topic and what you suggest to address it? Yeah, I would say the most common mistake is um, thinking that, oh, they don't need to know. Oh, they don't need to know. They're too young or or letting the like your fear projecting that on your kid and be like, oh, I'll find a better time. And there's really never a good time. So like buying into your discomfort rather than pushing through. So, you know, I would say that just give it a shot and see what happens. Give it a try um, and start low stakes, right? Just say, hey, do you know what tampons are? I mean, right to your son, right? Like that might be feel high stakes to you, but find some place where you can enter in. Um, and then the other thing too, is just going on too long, right? And just blah, 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 blah. Just shut up, right? Just like watch your child's body language. If they're twitching and pulling away from you, if you start, then you need to stop talking because you can always pick it up later. You can always pick it up later. We tend to ramble out of anxiety and also wanting to get it over with, which there's no getting it over with. It is, is a consistent conversation. Let's talk about a school's role in this equation. Do you believe that a parent finding out what their child is learning about sex in school is helpful or a hindrance? When it comes to sex education at school, um, you should know what they're teaching. Um, I live in Washington State where we have really good sexuality education. It, it's, it is comprehensive, which means it starts in kindergarten and goes all the way through. There's a lot of misinformation about comprehensive sexuality education. They are not teaching kindergartners about intercourse. They're teaching them about friendships and bodies and boundaries. And they go and they build up to all the other business. Um, so you should definitely know um, what's being taught. Uh, and you should, even if you, I believe that even if you are disagree with what's being taught, it's all fact and evidence-based information. It is, it is vetted. It is current. It is good news for your kids. Um, you should let them attend it. And then you are going to be talking about your values. The school has to be pretty neutral, right? I mean, nobody's neutral about sex. There's just no way. But you come in with your values and you say, hey, you know what? In our family, we believe that it's important to wait until you're in a loving, committed relationship or however that looks for you. 
And the converse is true. If you live in an area where you have terrible or no sex ed, or it's abstinence-based, which does not work, um, then your child should attend that as well, because it'll be good fodder for undoing some mis- myths and ha- giving them the right information. So, um, and the thing to remember about sex education at school is that there are so many kids who are not going to get this. And kids who don't, you can look at the states where we've got really good sexuality health education. Those kids have lower teen pregnancy, HIV, STI rates. And you go to a state like Mississippi, which may be the highest teen pregnancy, STI and HIV rates. You look at that and that tells you something. So, you know, I think kids have a human right to have this information. It is a human right. And, you know, if you don't want your child to get that information, that's fine. But they have a human right to know it. So don't, you know, for other families who aren't capable, they need this. Amy Lang, sexual health educator, author of Sex Talks with Tweens. Thank you so much for your time and your perspective today. Thank you. My pleasure. Sign up for Leanne's parenting newsletter and so much more at whereparentstalk.com. This is Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region.